Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? I'm doing great. This is a good day. <laughs> Bill, we've, we've got a lot to get to. We're going to get to some asset protection, which we always enjoy talking about. But right now, there is there is reason for celebration here in the there, studio is i mean da, 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 da. no actually I, I want folks to know that i'm very proud to announce that my son thomas alexander uh is a uh will be a new attorney in our office just as soon as we can get him sworn in uh thomas is a brilliant young man uh who will be far over the years once he gets some experience under his belt he'll be far better at this than than i am it may take me a, a, a you know two or three years to make the best attorney out of him that uh that we can have uh, but thomas is already coming into this with a lot of experience uh and uh, he has uh, worked for me for some time, uh, and uh, and he's also one who uh, has life experiences. He, in fact, he um, is 34, and so this was a career change for Thomas when he decided to to go to law school. And of course, he graduated from law school with honors. Uh, so I was very proud of that. But you know, that's meaningless until you pass the bar exam, which I will tell you, I couldn't pass it myself if I tried right now. And if you ask any lawyer a few years after if they would go back and, and uh, do the bar exam again, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find one because it is, I will tell you, at least from my own personal experience, it was the hardest test I ever took, and I was so thankful when I passed. <laughs> But, you know, it's kind of thing. You can't have a more stressful situation than the bar exam because you've, uh, you've put all of your energy into studying law uh, and you've uh, paid the price. You have worked hard for three years through, through law school. Uh, it's an expensive proposition. Uh, you know, there, I, I haven't had an associate that's worked for me who did not have um, uh, student loans to pay off from law school and some for undergraduate and law school. And it all comes down to passing the bar exam, one test. And it's not like some of the other tests, uh, um, such as the CPA exam, where you can pass part of it and take the other part that you don't pass over. Uh, the bar exam is all or nothing. And so um, I was uh, just, uh, of course, Thomas was already working in my office, but now he will be our, our newest associate. Um, of course, he has to be sworn in, and he hasn't been sworn in yet, so he's not official. But um, I'm here announcing it as a proud daddy uh, that <laughs> uh, we've got a new attorney, and he's going to be really, really good. So uh, his name is Thomas Alexander, and he will he will. Uh, make this law firm shine. Well, congratulations to Thomas. <laughs> I know that he was waiting uh, a l longer than he expected for his results. Uh, you know, the COVID has impacted so many different things, and I guess bar exam results were one of them. But congratulations to Thomas. That's a huge accomplishment, a huge achievement. And uh, I know all of us here in the radio world, we're, we're very happy for him. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very, very much. 
Uh, I also wanted uh, to announce uh, for next week's show, I have a very special guest coming, uh, and and it's not Thomas. (laughs) 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 But Warren Coble, uh, who his uh, company is called Warren Coble & Associates. They're located in Asheboro, North Carolina, you know, where the zoo is, central, uh, very middle of the state. Uh, and Warren is a friend, but he's also a person that I can, without question, say that I have referred more of my clients to Warren uh, than any other referral by far. Why? Because uh, Warren is probably the very best uh, social security and Medicare expert uh, that I know of anywhere in this country. And he just happens to be in North Carolina. Uh, and I've had an association with Warren, uh, I mean, professionally, you know, not that we ha- have any interest in either other's business, but I've just, uh, he's just one of the nicest people on earth. He has a wonderful family, and they do a, a really good job. And I've, I've told him for years that he doesn't charge enough money for his uh, sage advice because uh, he only costs $75 now. And he says, Bill, hey, I don't live in Raleigh. I live in Ashboro. I can't charge those big fees. I have to, you know. <laughs> but the fact is that, you know, so many people, make horrible mistakes when it comes to Social Security elections. And, you know, Medicare elections are extremely difficult as well. And so many folks don't realize the options that are available and uh, uh, how you can mess up those Medicare elections because you you have you know you have your drug plans and you have your medicare advantage plans um but uh you know that's the kind of thing you know so many people say oh you know you're you're getting to retirement age life is good you won't have any problems you 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 know it'll be so much easier for you and the fact is when you get older it gets more complicated, uh, and the Social Security elections and retirement decisions and Medicare elections are complicated. And, and you know, so many folks think it's simple, and, and it's not. And I, I can tell you that I try to get people to talk to Warren uh, before they make these elections because it's so important to them. And so many folks don't realize that uh, not taking Social Security at age 62 is extremely important to them. In other words, there's no reason to take it early unless one of two things. Either you're starving, you have no money for food, (laughs) or you're sick. You know, you already know that your life expectancy is short because if you're in good health and you have money to get by without taking Social Security early, that's always the best choice. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there is something to be said that a truck could run over you and, you know, you'd lose out. But the fact is, is that, 
that those are the exceptions to the rule. And quite frankly, for those folks who are still in good health at 65, delaying even to 70 oftentimes is, is wise. But the folks who are married or they've been married for over 10 years in the past or their spouse is deceased, there's lots of different elections where what you do makes a difference in the future. And because people are living so much longer, those Social Security elections become so much more important. In fact, for my own Social Security elections, the difference for me taking early at age 62 versus taking at 70, the differential was about $2,000 a month. That's a lot of money. And, and you see, when you with Social Security, you get a guaranteed 8% per year increase by delaying to age 70. Now, it does no good at all to wait past 70. But, you know, when, when I, uh, I, it was no surprise to me when I had uh, 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 the Social Security fella call me to verify my own Social Security election, and I had Warren Coble do it for me, and that's another advantage that people can utilize his services for rather than having to go to the Social Security office yourself. Well, guess what? Did they know Warren Coble? Oh, yeah, they knew exactly who he was and said, oh, yeah, he's one of the best, and he is. And so he's going to be our guest next week, and so I hope you'll tune in to to hear my conversation with Warren next week because I know that what he's got to say, particularly not just for Social Security but for Medicare, will make a big difference for folks. It really will, and I can't stress uh, more than that to tune in next week to listen to Warren because that is a subject that, boy, there's a lot of – just a lack of information and understanding of how important those social security elections are. You know, we were talking about the bar exam earlier and how that's one and done. Well, your, your social security election is one and done as well. And that's something, as you mentioned, Bill, the uh, financial implications can be pretty staggering when you look at them on a spreadsheet. Well, not only that, Jason, we're getting into the Medicare election season as well. So that conversation will be just as important. Absolutely. Be sure to tune in for that next week. Again, we'll be diving uh, very deep into that discussion. We hope you will join us as well. We have a lot to get to. Don't forget, if you're interested in signing up for one of Bill's webinars, those are happening on Wednesday, October 13th. And these cover two very important subjects. The morning session covers long-term care assistance. This deals with Medicaid assistance as well as VA benefits. And the afternoon session deals with asset protection and trust planning. These are free webinars that Bill puts on. It's free to register, free to attend. If you are interested in either subject, go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Just click on the Seminars button. There you can register and find more information. WGALaw.com. Click on that Seminars button or call the office 919 256 7,000-919-256-7,000. A break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back.
You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can always learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or to register for Bill's October webinars happening on Wednesday, October 13th. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill, we ran out of time last week, but we we have promised a discussion on annuities and now we've got some time to get to it. Well, I I think that annuities are sold by so many people. They're pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, And my concern is the fact that in my own opinion, annuities are oversold. And that, the, and in fact, it really makes me mad in so many instances because not only are they oversold, they are sold to the very people who should take a step back and probably not buy an annuity. And of course, financial decisions are always very personal, and I understand that. But the fact is that there's so many financial advisors out there who push annuities like their gold and uh, the fact is is that they come some with some fairly big negatives and so I do think that there's a place for annuities I do think that there are some really good annuities out there and then there's some that aren't so great uh, but there are many risks to purchasing annuities that are not, in fact, disclosed by financial advisors because, frankly, they don't know about them. They don't know about these risks. And that's why, you know, I, I deal in these risks all the time. So I'm very much aware of these risks. Now, financial advisors, you know, they have to tell you about the risks that they know about. And of course, all annuities are very complicated contracts. I I doubt if you will ever run into anyone other than the folks who have developed the annuities at the companies that know all of the ins and outs uh, and all of the fine print that's in an annuity uh, because they are very complicated contracts. And I, I don't think even a fi- most financial advisors could tell you everything about an annuity, but they are required to um, tell folks of the risks that they know about. But the fact is, is that there's so many risks that they do not know about. Now, uh, before I get into those undisclosed risks, you know, it's I'll I'll say this: there, there are certain groups of people that if they want an annuity, then I don't see any huge negatives to it. All right, so who are those folks? Well, the first is real simple, and this is probably the group that typically avoids annuities anyway. But these, what I'm talking about, are folks. Families that are very wealthy, they're high income, they have a lot of wealth, they never, ever have to worry about running out of money, okay? So uh, regardless of what might befall them, regardless of long-term care issues, regardless of uh, financial issues in the market or whatever else, um, those families can do whatever they want in terms of 
uh, how they invest their money. If they want to be in the stock market, fine. If they want to have uh, only only have CDs at the bank, they can do that. You know, they're never going to run out of the money, and they've got plenty of money to live on and plenty of money to give their children. So those folks are fine. They can do whatever they want, and if they have an annuity in there, fine. Another group are folks that uh, already have long-term care insurance. Why? Because the risk of long-term care has uh, been taken by the insurance that they've acquired and are paying for. Uh, And so, you know, now, oftentimes it's the folks who have a good bit of income and a good bit of money that have long-term care insurance because the great majority of us, guess what? We don't have long-term care insurance because we either were waited too late to check on it or it was just too expensive. We just couldn't afford to pay those premiums and live the lifestyle that we were accustomed to. Uh, so it was just like, okay, we'll just take the risk. Well, frankly, if you haven't already figured it out, one of the undisclosed risks with purchasing annuities is how they work when you have a long-term care issue. So, and you might, and okay, so what's that risk? Well, the the reason we have our seminars, so, you know, every month and they're well attended is because the risk of long-term care in a family is extremely high. There's no one walking around that doesn't have a 50-50 risk of a serious long-term care issue. And so you might say, oh, 50-50, that's not too bad. (laughs) If you're married, what's the risk of one of the two having, well, see, when you're talking one out of two with a 50-50, actually that risk is closer to 80% that one spouse will have a long-term care issue. Now it's not sounding so good, right? And an annuity that is owned by either spouse can really affect negatively your ability to get the care that that you need. If you have long-term care insurance, of course, that gives you options that most families don't have. Um, So uh, that makes a big difference. So, uh, all right, so you might be asking yourself, okay, what what is the financial uh, drawing point in terms of, you know, do I have enough money where I can, I can buy an annuity safely? Yeah, there's a point. And I would say that if you have at least $300,000 of liquidity, that you can lose and still have plenty of money to live comfortably the lifestyle that you intend to live for the rest of your life without ever running out of money, and you have that $300,000 plus that is safe and secure that could be used for long-term care expenses, then an annuity is okay. But Again, the, the problem is, is that there are an awful lot of families out there. They don't even have $300,000 of, 
of nest egg to their name. It's not a matter of having the 300000 and then having all of the additional liquidity needed for, to uh, care for the rest of their lives. And so that, that makes uh, a huge difference as far as that goes. So those, to me, are the folks that can actually purchase. I mean, if they're purchasing an annuity for an income stream that will help them throughout their lives in a significant way, and then that makes a difference. Now, I say in a significant way because most annuities that are sold are relatively small, you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 or so that's put into an annuity, and a lot of folks do that. And unfortunately for a lot of folks, that's a big part of the nest egg that's available to them. Well, that's a problem because, number one, if you only have $100,000 to put into an annuity and, you know, that takes up most of your nest egg, then you've lost control of your money. That's the biggest risk with an annuity is that loss of control. And the fr- the frankly... You know, a hundred thousand dollar annuity is not going to create that much income for you. Maybe a few hundred dollars a month for the rest of your life, but is that a few hundred dollars a month actually going to make a significant difference in your ability to live when you've lost control of that hundred thousand dollars? Because the annuity company is taking your money and doling it back to you each month. Uh, and now, you know, obviously there's there's an accumulation period. So the the way most annuities are designed is you put your money with the company and they invest it with guarantees and it increases a little bit over time. And then you annuitize it. And that's when they start giving your money back to you. Uh, and so that's how it works. And then they guarantee that they'll pay you that for a period of years or for the rest of your life. But typically, most people don't put enough money into an annuity to to actually get more than a few hundred dollars a month in terms of guaranteed income. And to me, having control of your money, uh, no matter how you would otherwise invest it, whether you put it into the bank and CDs or or invest it into the stock market or the like, but, but the problem is, is that that creates... A lot of risk. Um, now, uh, th- there are losses that people don't realize. And so, for instance, veterans who have a long-term care issue, there's a potential benefit for them called the improved pension with aid and attendance. Well, guess what? If you buy an annuity, then y- you uh, are denied coverage under the uh, the improved pension so if you have an annuity unfortunately that is going to uh, in other words the va is not going to give you that benefit so it just excludes you right away that's a terrible result and i wish the va would change the rule but there it goes so all right now are the annuities countable assets if you have one, if you need uh, special assistance or Medicaid for long-term care needs? Yes, they're countable. 
And so if it's an income stream that's guaranteed, guess what? That income stream is lost when you go on Medicaid or special assistance because it goes to the facility. You don't have control of it. That income is totally lost when you have long-term care. Not a good result. And so otherwise, uh, if... So how do you deal with it if you're applying for special assistance or Medicaid? Well, guess what? You either have to do what's called a Medicaid-qualified annuity where you have to name the state of North Carolina as a beneficiary, or you have to liquidate the annuity. And if you liquidate, then that has some very negative consequences to your family. Now, I know I've been going on too long, and I want to continue this discussion because it's too important for folks because there are, like I said, risks that are undisclosed because the financial advisors don't know how these other programs work and how negative annuities can be under most circumstances. Well, if some of these risks kind of have the hair standing up on the back of your head, you need to register for Bill's webinars is what you need to do. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button there. It's free to register, free to attend. The Bill has one morning session dedicated entirely to long-term care assistance, and he gets into uh, much of what we're talking about today. Again, it's free to attend. It's free to register. These are highly educational. You're not on the hook for anything. It's just a wonderful service that Bill provides, and uh, he does it every month. The next one is coming up on Wednesday, October 13th. If you want to learn more about what we're talking about today, that's a great place to do it again. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button, or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, October 13th. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about annuities right now and some of the hidden risks that often aren't disclosed when it comes to annuities. And just before the break, you were mentioning a scenario where we might have to liquidate an annuity and that's, that's not fun. Well, it's not. And so uh, what a lot of folks don't realize if you have to demand your money back and assuming that you have not annuitized and that you actually can, uh, you know, terminate the contract and get your money back. Well, first of all, what happens is all of the guarantees that you were promised in that product go away. Because if they have to liquidate, no, the guarantees just go away. So the fact is, is that you 
can very easily end up with less money than what you actually gave the annuity company to begin with, okay? In fact, um, because you lose the guarantees, you also have penalties that they tell you about. You know, if you need your money back, you're going to be penalized, and those penalties can be anywhere from... Uh, depending on how long you've had the annuity, it can be a few percent up to 12 or 15 percent if you have to liquidate soon after you do the contract. That's going to be, that's going to, the penalty will vary with each annuity in terms of how it works. But there are very few annuities out there that don't have a penalty, a significant penalty, if you need to liquidate that product within a few years. And most annuities have penalties for at least seven to ten years from the time that you take the the uh, contract out and then you have also administrative fees that they tack on for selling out and giving your your money back to you and then with the liquidation you always have ordinary income tax that is due from the liquidation as well because any, if it's a normal annuity, any appreciation in that product, because the one advantage of an annuity is it's not taxed while it's appreciating. So you don't pay income tax each year while the product is growing, and at least hope it's growing. And so, um, and that's where the guarantees come in, and there's no income tax. But when you liquidate, the all of that appreciation is taxed that year that's and it's already it's not capital gains tax it's ordinary income tax so it's taxed at the highest rate uh, for your own personal tax rate now if it's an IRA annuity in other words it's a retirement account annuity and there are a lot of folks that use uh, their retirement accounts in annuities well guess what if you liquidate one of those Every penny of the liquidation is a taxable event at ordinary income tax rates. And so that's not a good thing. All right, but now, quite frankly, uh, years ago, uh, I had a wonderful family that I represented uh, and just did basic estate planning. They had all their documents right. The husband was actually an insurance agent, and he loved annuities, uh, and he believed in them. And he took most of his nest, his retirement nest egg and put it into a very good annuity, or so he thought. And unfortunately, a, a couple years after he retired, uh, he had a major stroke, he went into the hospital, and his family couldn't take care of him at home. So he, in, he ended up in a nursing home, uh, and they, the, the family did not have sufficient resources to pay for his nursing care. They didn't have enough income, and he had invested all of their nest egg. So in essence, all they had was their home. And the, the nest egg was in an annuity. Well, that's the worst possible situation. So when we we had to liquidate, because the annuity couldn't pay enough income to pay the nursing home, and, of course, Mama was at home struggling, uh, and so they were just gasping for air. And so, yes, the 
annuity had to be liquidated under the circumstances, and it didn't matter to the company why it was being liquidated. There wasn't any kind of escape clause. So, in essence, the guarantees went away, and the family actually got back uh, over, uh, well, less than, I mean, they lost over $30,000 in terms of what they actually had given the company to begin with. They got back a, bu- a bunch less money than what had initially been invested, and so once the money was returned, and of course the other thing that happened is that when you're dealing with an insurance company, it takes time for that to occur. And it took almost two months for that liquidation to occur from the time we told them we wanted to liquidate. It was not a quick process. Uh, and, and quite frankly, a nursing home bill for two months, even back then, was about $14,000 um, for that two-month period that, again, the, the family lost that money as well because they time is money. So, I mean, th- those kind of, those are the horror stories, but th- like I said, that was an undisclosed risk to the family, and this fella knew all about annuities. I mean, he knew much more about annuities than the typical consumer of an annuity. So it's it's the kind of thing that makes a big difference. Now, the other thing that I don't like about annuities is I like the fact that they're tax-free while they're accumulating. What I don't like is how they're taxed otherwise because, number one, you don't get the advantage of capital gains tax for appreciation. If you invest in the stock market or if you invest in real estate or any other kind of long-term investment, you're going to pay capital gains tax on the appreciation, which is much lower uh, than normal tax rates. Well, that's, you know, capital gains is an advantage to investors. Well, Annuities, you don't get capital gains. You pay ordinary income tax on any gain from that uh, product. In other words, the government's getting back at you for the fact that they didn't tax the appreciation during the years of growth, but they're getting more back when you start taking your money. And so uh, any appreciation in your product is going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. There's another disadvantage, too. For those folks who have regular long-term investments uh, and and their loved one dies, then there's a step up in income tax basis, which means that if, let's just say, you owned Microsoft stock and you bought it at $10 a share and now it's worth $1,000 a share, and you die and you leave your stock to your spouse or to your children, when they, when they get it, the, the basis, the tax basis, income tax basis on that uh, share of Microsoft stock is the va- fair market value at the date of death. That's what they call step up. So, in essence, the family can sell that stock with no income tax because of the step up in basis. An annuity does not get a step up in basis. And so, if the annuity goes from parent to child or spouse or anybody else, and they take a distribution from the annuity, they will pay income tax, ordinary income tax, at their tax rate, no step up in basis. So now, there's, if you have a retirement account 
annuity, then you're going to be taxed the very same way. So I have less angst (laughs) with a retirement account annuity because of the fact that whether it's a regular IRA or whether it's an IRA annuity, it's all, any distribution is going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So, you know, less of a difference there, but other kinds of annuities that the way taxes are handled are very, very different. So like, but there are times when annuities are okay, um, but they're generally not the reasons that annuities are sold to normal folks. And we can talk about that for a few minutes when we come back. We will get to that again. If you are interested in attending one of Bill's free webinars, be sure to go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's also where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill if you'd like to do that. But if you want to register for the webinars, click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to do so. And these are uh, two two webinars that Bill puts on, one dealing with long-term care assistance and the other dealing with asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I know you want to get to a, a story for us, but before that, you've, you've got some other thoughts on annuities. Well, I do. There there are times where annuities can be um, a very reasonable thing to do, uh, but it's generally not because for guaranteed income purposes for yourself. I mean, for instance... If you've bought a life insurance policy uh, for a child or a grandchild, or you've bought long-term care insurance for a child or grandchild, and you want to make sure that those premiums are paid even if you die, you know, in other words, you know, your life expectancy is is a few years, but the, these premiums need to be paid for, say, 15 years. Well, one way to make sure that that's... That that those premiums can be paid is by an annuity that where the income from the annuity uh, is to, um, the distributions from the annuity are used to pay those premiums. Um, so there, there are uh, strategies, particularly relating to life insurance and long-term care insurance, where uh, annuities can be useful products. Uh, and of course, like I said, if you're one of those folks that um, has the ability to pay for long-term care without regard to whether you have an annuity or not, then go for it. You know, there, you know, like I said, there are plenty of people out there where annuities won't harm them. But the problem I have is that annuities tend to be sold to the very middle-class people uh, or the folks who are struggling 
you know, and they're worried about they they don't want to worry about the stock market. So they go with an annuity and then they find out later that they've actually made a mistake because they've lost control of their money and they have a long term care issue. So, like I said, there are risks that are undisclosed that I want folks to at least take into consideration before they purchase an annuity. Well, having all the information presented in front of you beforehand is is key so that you can make the best decision for yourself. But if you, you know, go off and sign something and you're not aware of the unintended consequences, then uh, that's that's just not a wonderful situation for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, I always love it when you've got some uh, some stories for us of uh, instances that would be helpful for the listening well, audience. Sure. I, I have an asset protection uh, story that, uh, uh, you know, most of us, uh, it doesn't apply to, but there are a lot of folks who fall into this category. And I had a, a consultation with a wonderful family that were, they came in to see me because uh, uh, their mom, who is a widow, uh, uh, is sick, and they've been taking care of her at home, three family members, three children, if you will, uh, all close to each other, wonderful people, taking care of mom at home. But the fact is, they're exhausted. And so they've arranged for respite. And, of course, that's part of the story because caregivers need respite. They need time off. One of the things I try to tell families is that pay as much attention to the caregiver, particularly if it's a spouse, but it's true for children too. Pay attention to the caregivers and their needs just as much as you pay attention to the needs of the loved one who needs care. Without respite, you will basically fall on your face much sooner and the care you give will be far um, uh, far worse than if you get rest. I mean, the truth, it's all of us need vacations, but you know, the fact is, is that caring for a loved one is extremely hard work and it's stressful and there's a ball and chain cause you can't walk away from it. You, you know, it's, there are so many issues and, and sometimes the care you're giving is not appreciated the way it should be. You know, it's, uh, and so it, it can be a very, very stressful environment for everyone, but it's needed. And, and so you have to find a way to, to have time off. Uh, and, and that's true for everybody that's involved in that caregiving situation. So, yes, this family had already arranged for that. So, I, you know, it was a big compliment going in. But guess what? Mom owns a farm that's been in the family for hundreds of years. So yes, <laughs> you know, it's been preserved. Uh, and guess what? A lot of acreage, about 80 acres in Wake County. You think that's valuable? Yeah, better believe it. Okay, so, and, and so this was the traditional land-rich, cash-poor family. Now, they weren't ca- totally cash-poor. Mom, mom did have a nest egg. It just wasn't a big one, you know. So, in essence, um, about $75,000 in liquid resources available to help mom's care, but very low income. And, of course, this was a farm family, so nobody was rich, okay? <laughs> Everybody was doing well, good middle-class folks, if you will, but the fact is is that nobody had a lot of extra money. Everybody was getting along okay. But 
okay, so what was their concern? Mom may need nursing care or she may not. She may need assisted living care. But can we protect the farm? Well, I talk about this all the time, but I, I reviewed their documents. They needed one document that was really important, and, and that is they had a general durable power of attorney that was done by an attorney, local attorney, years, you know, 15 years ago. And so I reviewed it, and frankly, it would not have allowed us to protect the farm. Now, mom was in her late 80s, so, or is in her late 80s, and so I could not recommend to them that they that they do any kind of irrevocable trust because transferring the farm into an irrevocable trust at her age would have been a horrible mistake. Number one, uh, it, it would have um, the five-year look back for Medicaid. So if mom actually does need nursing care, which she might soon, then Medicaid would not be possible. Now, with the farm, even though it's very valuable, could we get her on Medicaid? Absolutely. Uh, not a problem there. And could we protect the home? Yes, if we had a good power of attorney, the advanced general durable power of attorney. So yes, we're going to execute a new, a new power of attorney that gives us more authority so that we can protect the farm if mom ever goes on Medicaid. Now, truthfully, the children were focused on keeping mom at home. So we talked about how to do that. Uh, but in terms of protecting the farm, which is what everybody's concerned with, how do we protect our house? How do we protect our farm? With, that, with the advanced power of attorney, we could do that, uh, and that's what's so important. Making sure that you've got your plans in order and making sure that you're not doing things when a crisis hits is so important. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com to find more information to do that. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, next week we'll have a discussion centered around Social Security elections and Medicare as well. Be sure to tune in for that as we have our guest Warren Coble on with us. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about Bill, go to WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's webinars happening on Wednesday, October 13th. We are out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.